Okay, Greg. So you watched something. I did. I did. And no, it was not the Snyder Cut. I'm sorry, everyone. I could not be uh, swayed or pulled into uh, multiple hours of, of, uh, of film. Although I, I am tempted to do so, um, just not at this time or juncture. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm kind of a, a behind the ball person, if you will. I, I let things kind of hang out and sit for a year or so, and then finally get around to watching it. So, um, yeah, I watched Wonder Woman 1984, I think like a year after everyone else. Uh, has it been a year? I thought it came out at Christmas time. Oh, was it Christmas? It was Christmas. Oh, it felt like a year. These, these COVID months seem like years. To I mean, me. I guess it is April. It is April. It, it, it was six months. No, four months. I well, mean, I, I watched know. it at Christmas time in the front room of some friends and their three boys. And, uh, we all watched it together. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, different reactions from different people. Mm-hmm. So one boy could not pay attention the entire movie and laugh. Yeah. Cause it's very long. Was it you? No, <laughs> no. As you're aware, my probably top five favorite supervillain is in that film. Yes. Even though maybe wouldn't be my top five favorite supervillain if it was based off the film. Oh, we can get into it for a minute. I'm sure. Uh, maybe. I mean, I, I, I know we're here to discuss something completely different, but without what we're going to discuss, we wouldn't have the film that I watched. That's factual, because without the George Perez reboot of Wonder Woman in 1986, we wouldn't get the version of Wonder Woman that you're seeing in media today. That's correct. One hundred percent. And in all honesty, I, I watched I watched the film with my wife who knows of Wonder Woman, has read a handful of books, but not read all of the stuff. It wasn't her, her go-to as a comic book reader, uh, when she was younger. And, uh, and she was, she was interested in checking out the movie and we thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, we felt it was a great sequel to the first movie. And, uh, as from a storytelling perspective, I, 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 I was, I, I was I was happy that it was the length that it was because it was a great amount of movie to tell such a great amount of story. Well, yeah, so I uh, read no Wonder Woman comics until the 2000s. Ever. And uh, into the Greg Rucka and Gail Simone, Phil Jimenez stuff later on, Mm -hmm. uh, which is really great stuff. And also, uh, a few other authors down the road that I just drew a major blank on, like the most famous person I was thinking of that did it besides those three amazing people I already listed, (laughs) which is funny that I'm not remembering the person that is probably the most famous of the four, but that's okay. Um, There's been some great wonder woman runs because of this. And Mm -hmm. I think you'll also, if you dig back into the George Prudge relaunch, I think it's more than wonder woman, but it's more of the villains and relaunching like you don't get the cheetah the that version of the cheetah you would have gotten the priscilla rich version of the cheetah as opposed Mm -hmm. that would have been the old one um so you're getting different 
you know, relaunched characters um, where the cheetah was more of a socialite than a force of nature, right? Um, mm-hmm. There's different things, but this is all me learning from the back end. And so we are diving into some interesting territory here because I'd never read any of this. I can't imagine why uh, Wonder Woman wasn't of great interest to me. I, I don't know. I would say probably because as as young kids growing up, this is not something that is thrown into um, a boy's hands to, to read. It's generally not. It's it's, you know, you're usually given, you know, other books. So Wonder Woman, definitely not one of those ones you would have picked up. Yeah, though I did. I mean, I was a, I'm a big Legion fan, as everybody's aware. So I did read books with plenty of, of female and male characters. And mm-hmm. I loved the X-Men books and I loved the Teen Titans. And so there was a lot of but it was not more single character female books that I guess I was reading. But this was the attempt to get Wonder Woman in the hands of everybody. Right. Like this yeah. is the relaunch um, I, I after Crisis. Previous versions you'd had you had a a. a a female version of Superman. And in, in previous podcasts, we talked about the, the relaunch prior to this, which both of us were kind of dumbfounded by the powerless wonder woman, super spy. Yeah. One, well, it looked like to you, <laughs> uh, I, I snagged an article from vulture, uh, kind of chronicling why this relaunch happened. And I'll put that in the show notes over the next few weeks. But uh, just to your point, they cited to that kind of male Superman, but also, yeah, we mentioned that, you know, like Denny O'Neill, a great writer, wasn't all, didn't always hit, right? They depowered mm-hmm. Wonder Woman. He tried to make her into a super spy. There was all sorts of different kind of reboots and relaunches. I think the article also cites that, like, they cite that one Wonder Woman was like from the uh, World War II and then one Wonder Woman was from the 70s mm-hmm. and it was different people. Later on, we sort of get a reboot to um, post these stories um, that I'm going to say Hippolyta, but that wasn't how it was spelled in this book. Um, but Hippolyta was Wonder Woman of the Silver Age and or of the sorry, Golden Age. And then mm-hmm. and then Diana was Wonder Woman later mm-hmm. uh, to kind of fit with this reboot. So, I mean, you get a few of those stories uh going on but yeah this was definitely an attempt uh by george perez to build interest in the character and we're looking at wonder woman number one from 1986 and what happened with what major event we've already alluded to it was going on in comics at the time or just finishing up before this book was it a crisis of some sort it was a crisis of some sort there was also a secret war oh my uh going on somewhere too Two and things so, going on in comics at the same time from two oh, different publishers. That's amazing. Amazing crossover books. What? We've no never done way. that before. <laughs> well, at least we hadn't until then. Now is everywhere. But yes, true. I think the important thing, too, about this is, you know, they you'd had a lot of great stuff coming from DC Watchmen. Uh, you had Frank Miller's Dark Knight mm-hmm. um, or Dark Knight Returns, I should say. So you've got these things coming out and you also have a relaunch of Superman uh, by John Byrne coming um, curse his immortal soul uh, for destroying Superman and the Legion of superheroes. And he's a terrible human being for doing that. Um, Superboy is Superman when he's a boy and I hate you. And then <laughs> we also have George Perez uh, relaunching Wonder Woman. And what's George Perez famous for Greg? 
too many things to count, but um, uh, I that, that you put me on the spot. Everything. Like I was going to say, just too many things to count. You, you, you could just like start listing things. <laughs> yeah. And of course we mentioned George Perez in our Titans episode uh, when we were, were looking at Danny Chase. Of course, George Perez didn't draw that book, uh, but a uh, new team Titans, Avengers, uh, Justice League, you're, you're looking team books, especially, which is really interesting that he would draw a solo book. Uh, he was so known for drawing these beautiful splash pages and team pages and characters everywhere. And mm -hmm. so I did think it was really neat. And I guess, should we get into the story? Yeah. I mean, we could we could continue to talk about uh, everything that's derivative of this story or, or we could talk about build, the story or talk about the story. I mean, again, it, without this, uh, we wouldn't have uh, the, the media that we have today or any of the things moving forward. So, yeah, let's just jump into it. This and fantastic I, I, issue number one. And I will qualify this. Neither uh, this is one where Greg and I decided neither of us are Wonder Woman scholars in any way. Uh, we're nope. not Wonder Woman historians. So if you want to chime in with some information we miss over the next few podcasts, please do, um, because add to uh, add to our reading list, get us into the history, because, you know, this is what we like. And we've actually decided as of today that we're going to do the entire first story arc. So you're going to have <gasps> several weeks of Wonder Woman in a row. Whoa. That's a it's, lot. It's a lot. But this first one's 36 pages. So we're going to go ahead and stick to issue number one for this podcast. And we may double up on a couple down the road. Uh, but I believe it's a 13 issue story arc. But I think yep. that's really cool, too, because we really get to see George Perez develop Wonder Woman over time uh, without being interrupted. And then I think it was was it 66 issues or 62, but something around there. He stays on the book for five years. Yeah. It's a chunk. And, it's it's a it's a pretty good investment of time for him and uh just the way that um you you put so much time into this it would be he would be remiss to walk away when just after those first 13 right so yeah i can totally understand why he'd want to stick oh there's my cat but I think one of the great things here is the cat joins us on the podcast because uh, the cat is clearly a fan of Wonder Woman that we're looking at George Prez too makes this a George Prez book. I mean, we immediately get this cover with the Pantheon. Did I get it right. Got to help me with all my. Yeah, Greek I, I believe pods. it's a Pantheon. And and also, if you um, are a mythology scholar or historian or have a, a background or just a just a liking for any of this mythology that we will be covering. And undoubtedly butchering. Uh, and butchering. And butchering, yes. Please chime in and, and let us know uh, what you know so we can grow because we don't have all this knowledge about all this Greek mythology and Roman mythology and other other things that come into play. So there's a lot of really interesting stuff that we've we found in these pages. And gosh darn, there's a lot of information we need to go and look up. <laughs> Well, and I think, too, though, the fun of this, I'm going to take this approach from uh, Perez's intent. And, of course, William Moulton Marston, the creator of Wonder Woman's original intent, too. I'm going to use these books to help me learn about Greek and Roman gods. It's almost like and, you were hit by the lasso of truth and you're just like spitting it all out right now. Yeah. Well, I'm, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. So, well, the lasso of truth. <laughs> I believe it got a new name. 
Did, but let's uh, go with the lasso of truth. I don't know. We've got girdles and lassos and ropes and spears <laughs> and and pantheons and, and all sorts of things going on in this issue. But I do want to take it from the perspective, too. I think Perez makes it accessible, really teaching us about uh, who uh, the gods were, right? Yeah. And so I would say, well, let's dig in. All right. So cover cover. Oh yeah. Like you already said, it is, it is ripe full of great art. A lot of, a lot of stuff going on on this cover. Uh, not a, not a detail to be overlooked. It's also a wraparound cover because it's George Perez. So you also get a back too. Mm -hmm. And it is ridiculously beautiful. You've got a pantheon of, of female gods here behind wonder woman, presumably, and I'm assuming they're all gods. I don't know that because I'm not into the story, but it sort of looks like it. Uh, oh, yeah, I we get say. the Amazon armor that we see later. At least this version's gold, but very mm -hmm. you know reminiscent of a lot of the different Amazon armor and things like that that we see later. Uh, we get Diana twice, right up top. I think that's is that Diana down below, or is that uh, I, is it Hippolyte or Hippolyte? Because Hippolyta is always the way I've seen it spelled before, but then it was Hippolyte in the issue, right? I. I Hmm. I don't know. I don't well, know. For well, sure. should we go with Hippolyte until it's spelled Hippolyta and then just sound ignorant when we find out it's supposed to be Hippolyta the whole time? Yes. Okay. So we'll go with Hippolyte for now. But uh, yeah, just uh, but the amazing thing, the doves. Yes. <laughs> like only George Perez does all of this and then throws some doves in there for the background. Just for It's fun. like a John Woo movie. And then is that Hermes up there running? Uh, maybe. Across the bottom of the, yeah. <laughs> well, I only know because that's what his name was in the book. So okay. we're going to go. All right. Well, let's dig in. So uh, if you're on the DC Comics app, and I'm sure others, you get a nice, the nice version of the wraparound cover too. And yep. we are in. And so we get uh, a lot of text and a lot of beautiful art. Uh, we get this uh, caveman, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if that's the politically current correct term. Would it be? Um, um, ancient man. Sure. <laughs> and uh, some bearded guy with some stuff and he looks hurt and. Uh, He's wearing a fur. Yeah, he he got cast out because he couldn't beat up a saber tooth tiger, apparently. Yep, and he lost his hand. And that sucks. He's a he's a man with one hand. So his wife comes to comfort him, presumably wife. Presumably, yes. And uh, we get a lot of whining and crying from the caveman and we get uh, the caveman hitting his wife. And murdering her. And at first I thought this was very strange. Yeah. <laughs> Open a Wonder Woman book. Yeah. It's a uh, it it's it's a dark open. And <laughs> it is a it, it's a, a it's a shocking like two pages. I'm and I'm also not a huge fan for, you know, abuse of any kind for no reason. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I will foreshadow this simply by saying don't stop reading here because it does pay off into the story. 
So mm-hmm. um, in this case, uh, you may not like this type of violence. It's not my favorite, but it does actually fit into the story. And you get the hint of that as we see um, a kind of energy coming out of the woman. And he screams and this energy sort of goes off into the cosmos. And that's your first two pages. And by the way, on the first two pages, there were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five panels. That's a lot of panels. It's I, that, in such a small space, but there's a lot of a lot of art in there. I love George Perez. It's amazing. And then we flip the page and we get DC Comics proudly presents Wonder Woman created by William Moulton Marston. And we get the credits at the bottom script by Greg Potter, co-plotters Greg Potter, George Perez, pencils by George Perez, Bruce Patterson on inks. Thank you, Bruce. Love your inks. John Costanza on letters, uh, Tahana Wood colors, and Karen Berger, Dan's favorite editor, as the editor. And she should be everybody's favorite editor because she was the editor for Paul Levitt's on Legion, of course. But she was also <laughs> editor for the Vertigo line. And uh, also George Perez cites Karen Berger as being highly influential in this book because as a male writer, he wanted a woman to bounce ideas off of for Wonder Woman. And Karen Berger was just that, keeping him in line and keeping the characters realistic. Totally makes sense. And and it's I mean, from a from a writer's perspective, it's what you need if you're writing and you don't have that perspective. You need somebody to be that sounding board to make sure that you're you're always keeping true. And I just think it's cool here that Karen Berger, who helped, you know, create so much of the vertigo universe, right. Mm-hmm. And with her editorial office is here, uh, recreating a major character once again. And, and obviously she, she was there with Paul Levitz through a lot of the recreation, reconceptualization of the Legion too, mm-hmm. uh, which as we noted a couple years before this Legion and Titans were the top two selling books. And so here Karen's coming over and, you know, continuing her editorial work on a relaunch, which I think is great doing the good work she does so we're here and we get a really cool looking uh uh god castle <laughs> yes a really cool looking god castle lots of faces sticking jutting out of places and we get a guy who's well yeah, running up off the his top. backside by yeah. running up to the top yeah. with the big staff i as I think this is Hermes. We'll find out in a minute. I was like, is this Mercury? I don't know. See, I, I'm just going to plead my ignorance. This is something I was never interested in studying in school. <laughs> Same. I mean, I, it, it was not my my thing. So maybe I should have read more Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah, well, it would have helped us. But, you know, what are we going to learn in these first 13 issues? This is going to be pretty amazing. This is true. So, uh We hear, Lord Zeus, king of gods, listen not to these babbling fools. It is true that man must now be dealt with. And we get somebody I'm totally familiar with because this Wonder Woman villain shows up all over the place. Oh. And it's Ares. Bad dude. And I knew that was Ares. (laughs) He's a bad dude. He is a bad dude. He also shows up on like the cartoons in different places too. So Mm -hmm. I've seen Ares before. He shows up in the Justice League uh, at 
JLA, I think, you know, a lot of different places. So, and later on when I read Wonder Woman too. So that's cool. Um, but he is going on and on about the dogs of war and crushing people and getting people. And uh, one of the gods talks back and says, no Aries violence uh, will make man fear us, not follow us. Our intent uh, of the new race with this new race is to set an example to show man and women their true place with each other as Gaia is meant it to be. So apparently they're acknowledging that that the idea of what a male dominated society, I guess. Mm-hmm. And we're just kind of getting into it. So we're looking at the patriarchy and uh, female members of the Pantheon want to develop a race to balance that out. Bringing balance to the world. And so Aries and Artemis are going at it here. And then some other folks chime in, start talking to Zeus. Uh, we got like what Apollo here? Is that Apollo? The harp? Mm, maybe. I don't know. We'll, we'll keep. Yeah, it was. Hey, yeah. Zeus called him Apollo. All right. I got this. So I, I'm keep, I'm learning here. I'm not sure what they all do yet, but we're good. <laughs> all right. And so. Uh, they, they kind of have a big fight. Is that a pretty good summary there? Yeah. Big fight over this. And then uh, Zeus gets mad, throws some lightning bolts. It's like, <laughs> settle this trifling matter among yourselves. <laughs> Don't bother Zeus. Zeus is just like, I'm out of here. The rest of you Deuces figure it out. for Zeus's. <laughs> yeah. Zeus doesn't seem to act. He seems pretty grumpy. Oh, he, well, I mean, he's got other things to do. He's Zeus. The one thing I know about Zeus, I learned from the Hercules movie from Disney. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm just joking. Was it Disney? I don't know. I figured you learned about it from the Tales of Hercules. Oh, yeah. That's another. Kevin Sorbo. Yeah, no, I I watched a little bit of it. I I don't know. I checked out. <laughs> you watched more Xena Warrior Princess. I did. Than you Hercules. It's true. I did. <laughs> because everybody did. Everybody it doesn't matter if you are gay, straight, or whatever. You watched more Xena Warrior Princess because Xena Warrior Princess was a badass. It's where and it was then at. she was a Cylon. Yeah. Oh, spoiler. Sorry. Oh, man. If you haven't watched. <laughs> I'm sorry. 20 years. I'm sorry. Late. I'm spoiled things that are too old for you. Yeah. Uh, so. Some poor now kid we're into out there it. just never even, <laughs> never even watched Battlestar Galactica. You just ruined it. <laughs> Well, you know, well, I, that doesn't spoil anything. She's a Cylon the whole time, isn't she? I I don't know. Well, they, they're secret. They're secretive. Kind of like gods. Well, kind of, yeah. But they <laughs> are gods. <laughs> Let me just spoil the whole series for you. Oh, my gosh. They're what? Or oh, wait, no. we're gods. No, wait, they're gods. No, what? Starbuck is a god. Wait, hold up. So if you go back in time. Oh, anyway, back to Wonder Woman. So back to Wonder Woman. Uh, they appeal to Hera. Artemis appeals to Hera. Will you not speak with Lord Zeus? Uh, take care of things. And she's like, no, my husband is proud. And your words have stirred a storm within him. Ooh. Whoa. Done. Boom. Chicka. Baum. Baum. OK. And my advice is for you to take. Uh, wait, I have words. My advice to you is this. Walk not lightly into such a maelstrom. It's a good words. Okay. Well, the uh, gods are at it and, uh, and 
Ares is proud of himself, saying that Hera turned her back on them. He's got this. He's going to make this. He's going to thus will man's heart ultimately belong to Ares through war and destruction. Ha 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 ha. And he flies off, literally saying, ha 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 ha. Which it was actually ha 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 ha. I get that right. Not a blah ha ha. No, there's no blah ha ha's in this book. <laughs> Only ha 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 ha. Like evil villain, like ha 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 ha. That's where we're at. <laughs> I think that's what it was actually. There we go. Okay. So we've got it and uh, they're talking um, and he says, you know, Ares leaves saying he's going to even more than Zeus himself. Uh, they'll bow to his power. And now they're upset because that's blasphemy. You don't uh, tear down Zeus. No. And uh, they're all chatting. And well, they then start proceeding to create the race without uh, Zeus's blessing. So they're on their way. They're on their way. And you're right. That was Hermes. All right. So in Hermes hanging out. Okay. So they head down and we've got the female pantheon that's on the cover. And Demeter, we've added Demeter. Mm -hmm. I don't know who Demeter is. He's the, he's she, 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 they, um, you know, there it's the, it's what you you use as a as a rating system. Demeter, Demeter. Tells you. Yeah, I you know I I, I just knew I you'd bait me into that at some point. <laughs> so here we are, and so well the, the good news is okay. Uh, they're cold because they're down um, uh, in Tartarus, right? Hell, mm -hmm. Tartarus, uh, River Sticks. I think we're down. Yeah, it's a good band. And Sharon. Sharon, Sharon, the ferryman comes to, to ah, take them. Yes. Okay. So the gods all take off and we've added Aphrodite too. It looks like, right? It looks that, like. Yep. Okay. And we're on our way and we get to this well of rebirth, the cavern of souls. Sounds like a good smell from, do you have that cavern of souls, uh, well of rebirth spell for your like 50th level druid? Um, Sure. Yeah. Got to got to have exploding dice to make it work, but uh exploding dice. I figured yeah. you'd roll like 100 d6. I you know, I can try. But, uh you know, Cavernous Soul sounds like an awesome band name from the 90s. <laughs> it kind of does. Like oh, soul, dude. like so, Cavern of Souls opens for Soul Asylum. Oh my gosh, and Jarza <laughs> they cover the Jarza Fly. And the presidents of the United States. Yes. Wh who consequently were more qualified to be president of the United States than a recent president. Potentially. Wow. Yeah. Scarily enough. When well, you got, which, when, which when baby got, pants do you want in the office? I don't know. None. None. Well, no, I mean, I mean, there's, there's two baby pants, right? You got Casper baby pants from president oh, no. of the United States. Or baby pants, <laughs> the ex-president of the United States. <laughs> Anyways. Well, now, now we're down a path that you can never recover from, but we will endeavor to move on. You and did it. we've got, I know. And so we've got uh, the source uh, from which all life is from. It looks like we got a bunch of souls here. 
And it, now we've got the tie back to the front page. Yep. Uh, those lights are souls of women, their lives cut short by man's fear and ignorance. So now we get, okay, that's what's being kept safe here uh, by the Pantheon. And she, they say Gaia took them under her care uh, before she left this plane. Now they await rebirth. And so now the Pantheon gets together. They raise their arms up in classic magic casting form. And Artemis opens her mouth and all of a sudden out of the water come a whole bunch of women. Kapow. And uh, they proclaim that they're midwives uh, to this new race. And that race would be the Amazons. The Amazons. Okay. So the Amazons now uh, come out of the water uh, and we get several. So we introduce a lot of characters very quickly. So I'm going to go through a few of these. Okay. And I'll probably mess up all the names. You will. And that's okay. Someone will chime in later. Okay, so the waters churn away, and among them uh, is Menelip. Mm -hmm. And she whose oneness with nature shall make her oracle of the gods, new race. And then we get Ayla, whose courage shall be as the hawks, yet whose heart is so easily swayed. And then um, they are told, oh, I missed a couple on the other page, sorry. We get uh, Hippolyte uh, becomes the first to rise and kiss Apollo's son, drenched in the sky, um, and her sister Antiope is reborn. And so they are the leaders of the Amazons, right? And so that's our basic four, right, I think, that are introduced right there. Did I miss one? I think that is. Okay. And then the gods to come to them and they say, you are the chosen race born to lead humanity in the ways of virtue, the way of Gaia. Through you, all men shall know us better and worship us always. Therefore, does Athena grant you wisdom that you may uh, be guided by the light of truth and justice? I, Artemis, grant you the hunt. Demeter shall make your fields fruitful. I guess I know what Demeter news does now. Hestia, that must be the one with the owl, right? Uh, shall so. build you a city, warm your hearths um, as it is fair Aphrodite who grants you the greatest gift of love. Forevermore, you shall find strength in these gifts, and they are your sacred birthright. Uh, they are your power. Cool. And then they they tell them, you, Hippolyte, uh, will be queen. Antiope shall rule by your side. And you get some gifts uh, that should never be abused. Uh, and trust in Gaia's girdle. So, okay. I don't know what Gaia's girdle does, but it must be important. It must be. Okay. And uh, Ares is looking at all this and he is pissed. He is an angry, angry, bad dude. He just seems like a grumpy man. He does. Well, now we get to the next page. And as Ares stirs up the seeds of hate, basing what he's looking Tales of the Amazons go out there and the Amazons are supposedly committing atrocities and being terrible. So by creating their city of love and kindness, of course, they're out there because as we learned in our Star Trek episode, anytime you create love, it uh, creates a disastrous world where the Nazis win. <laughs> oh, no. 
I would hope not. So now we meet Heracles. I would say this is a kind of page, though, uh, for anyone that does read along later. Uh, this this page right here. When I was a kid, I would I would dislike this page because of the scroll and all the text and everything else that's on here. It's so many words, and and for me as a young kid uh, reading any book that had all this on there, I would I would have checked out at this point because I'm like, this is like work. But as a writer now, I'm like, oh, no, you have to do that because you can't get all that in for the reader if you try to or, you know, you have to build all this stuff in and it has to be in a way that makes sense. And it's it, it makes sense. But as a kid, oh, I'd hated it. I and hated here's it where so Dan much. and Greg were different kids, because I would have loved this page because it's giving me all the background I need and information because I have no idea what's going on. It would have just taken me forever to read because I'm dyslexic. So like trying to read it, I would have like read this page like 10 times. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I read slow as well, as you are aware. And so I think I might have struggled with that. But I think, too, it was uh, for me, too. I got so few comics like at this time. Gosh, 86. I would have. Let's see. I would have just been reading Legion books off the newsstand. So I was reading like one book a month, right? So I would read those books over and over again. Mm -hmm. And so I think too, it's, it's now I might look at it as so many words, but if I just had a book to read, I might just dig into that and read it like four times too. All I'm saying is you don't get this kind of thing in the family circle or in a, in a Garfield comic. All right. That's true. We love lasagna. That's right. And I hate Mondays. Because everybody loves Mondays. No, they don't. Anyways. Well, yeah. So, yeah, Back it is a lot of text. Um, <laughs> uh, but we've got a woman talking to Heracles, not Hercules. Heracles. Her Heracles. I, I don't know if it's Hercules. Is it Her Her Heracles or Hercules? It looks like Heracles to me. Heracles? It's okay. Herac Heracles. Can we Heracles? Can we phone a friend? Phone a friend. Well, right. you can so call him said... Hercules and I'll call him Heracles. Okay. That's fine. We'll just settle <laughs> it that way. So this woman's talking I'm to Heracles. Her. Her. There's no Her. C there. E-R-A-C-L-E-S. Herc. Anyway. <laughs> come back to my bed, hero. Keep sweeping with me. And so can the Amazon queen who calls you risk to see it. You, 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 help. You strain dogs. Yeah. Call, okay. Anyway, silence wench. Heracles is no man's pet. Anyway. And what's happening is this person is stirring up uh, Heracles uh, due to the influence of Ares. Maybe they had and to then, use a different name because Hercules was already used in a different book series by a different publisher. No, I don't think you can own Hercules. That's the one thing you can't own. Uh, <laughs> that's why there's a Thor in, in DC and Marvel, the, the DC Thor. Not I so see. good. The cat hates the DC Thor. So you just bringing up DC Thor made the cat I, go insane. What are you cat, talking about? Well, she heard that he was a dog and she was like, nope, not having it. 
And so, uh oh, there's some angry cat going on right there. I know it's, it's vicious. <laughs> well, well, Continue. Then. well, we get a melting lady here. Yeah, I agree. Melting ladies are a little awkward. So I was like, man, Ghost Rider. Yeah. I don't think Ghost Rider's showing up here. I don't no. think you have two Ghost Riders. You can't have multiple Aries, but you can't have multiple Ghost Riders. So uh, we get to the next page. And so we get foolish goddesses. Aries is back. Uh, do they truly believe that their Amazon they could their Amazons could keep me in check? Ha ha! I am all things male, evil, and battling. Ha! Ah, oh, bad dude. Ares would totally be canceled. He would be. He's a bad dude. He is. He is uh, all about being canceled. Soon, man shall forget all other gods, and Ares will rule supreme. Ares seems to have an attitude. He does. Like he's always. He's- I guess. I wonder, God. like, if you took off his armor and his in his helmet, does he look like Skeletor underneath? No. Oh, okay. No. I, questions I have to ask. No. Remember, he was like a black cloud kind of thing. He like disappeared. Remember? I mean, Skeletor. Fog of War. <laughs> I know. I'm just, I'm jokes, man. It's funny, you know, like I said, fog of war and like touched my nose, like you're across the room, like, haha, you'd get that. And then like, you know, since it's still COVID, we can't do this yeah. together. We- so you couldn't see me do that. No, I could not. <laughs> I guess we could have been on video, but anyway, well, anyway, now we get Heracles marching up to fight some Amazons. Here oh, we go. Man. We're ready to get started. We're going to do some everybody is Amazon fighting here soon. Yeah. And uh, anyway, they go out to greet Ares or Heracles, who you're calling Hercules, the fabled Heracles. Heracles. I don't. Heraculus. 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 And it doesn't go well. Um, no, so Heraculus gets his. <laughs> he gets Heraculus. He gets Heraculus into a tree. Into a tree. Yeah, so uh, the Oracle has let the Amazons know that uh, they've come to declare war. Uh, he tries to fight with uh, Hippolyte. It does not go. He keeps calling her a harlot queen, which is fascinating. I'm not really sure where that comes from. Must be the rumors. It must be. He grabs a tree and tries to hit her with it, and she knocks him out with the butt of her axe. Uh, well, he's immortal, so I mean, like he, his mother was immortal, so he's got weaknesses, man. He's not, yeah. He's and not so, a god. Well, stillness falls over them, peace rests, and her Heracles reply. He says, ha, by Zeus girl, Heracles impressed men lay back. The Amazons are worthy allies indeed. That's right. And so... We get to the next page, and they're all hanging out together. Everything is fine, uh, presumably. And then uh, the queen drinks something out of a cup, which is always a bad idea. Bad, bad idea. And so uh, the queen is... The queen drinks something out of a cup. Uh, She is... It's very clear that something is wrong, as Heracles encourages her to drink... 
Um, basically, she's been Bill Cosby'd, and mm-hmm. she goes down. Yep. So it's good to know. Now we know where Bill Cosby got his ideas from. Heraclius. Yes. And there we go. And so the now she's not, the cat is totally upset by this. The cat is not having anything to do with this. Is the cat leaving the room? I'm trying to get the cat out. Hold on. She's just going to sit on the other side of the door and meow, 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 the whole time. Wow. Hold on. Outside. Ew, I know. Well, you're loud and obnoxious. There you go. She was asleep the whole time, and then all of a sudden she woke up. <laughs> well, it happens when we talk about a good book like Wonder Woman. So I apologize. I'm sorry. I am back. The cat is gone. Well, we get to now... Uh, the men have bound the Amazonians, uh, take in Gaia's girdle, and it's not such a good scene. And no, it's bad. Hi- Hippolyta, Hippolyte, not sure how to say that again, um, cries out uh, to cries out and asks the goddesses of Olympus to forgive her. And it looks like. Uh, one of them comes to her, Athena comes to her and says, but you chose to withdraw from humanity, ignore the purpose for which you were created, grew bitter and corrupt. Have you forgotten your source of your power? Have you forgotten the example of where we're set? And she's like, please free me. And so he wants to take revenge and she's reminded by Athena, bloody vengeance is not the answer, daughter. It is time for you to cleanse your soul time to rededicate yourself to that which Gaia gave you only then shall you be free so they get out and the Amazons pretty much destroy all of the army decimate it it's a pretty bloody scene it's uh, with no blood in it because well, it's yeah. Perez. It's a, I mean, I would say, okay, yes, it's a very vicious scene with no blood in it. There you go. Because this book was approved by the Comics Code Authority. It was. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Comics Code Authority. But in some ways, too, I think when there's not blood drenching all over the pages Mm -hmm. um, and there's blood dripping out of mouths and things like that, and you get the expressions and what George Perez is doing with all these scenes, it looks even cooler. Yeah, you get the point. I mean, the point definitely is pulled across. I, I do like that kind of storytelling where it's it's up to the reader to really put that into they they see it and you can kind of see it all play out in your head. So it, it's all there and it and then you just kind of I mean, with the red backgrounds behind the Amazons and uh, in their scenes or, you know, with their headshots and stuff like that, it, it's, it's rage filled, but it's also you, you get what's going on. So it's, it's, it really draws you to the action. Yeah. I thought the coloring was amazing too. I was thinking about the red as well. And then when they're triumphant, it's sort of a pinker, lighter background mm-hmm. and then red again. Right. So there's a reaction and Antiope and uh, Hippolyta are fighting with each other. 
about what should happen and antelope takes a group and leaves um and you get an even lighter color like a darkness to reflect them leaving sort of the sadness that's there yeah as she kisses her sister on the cheek and says she will always love her a little bittersweet with the Amazons that are left, uh, they come back together and they say, my daughters, you have failed us. You have forgotten um, your source of your power, forgotten to trust the place in you. Uh, for these failures, you must do penance. Uh, one in which there is new honor, new responsibility. I shall send you to an island beneath which lies unspeakable evil. And that unspeakable evil is a mother box from the fourth world. What? That's not what they say. Oh, you're they, correct. That's not what they say. They don't put that in the book. It's uh, just that that it, it, we find that out later. But no, no, no. Zack Snyder put that in the book. Okay, in the movie. Yeah, I hate I, him. You hate him, but you watch the movie, dude. I did watch it, and it after happened. you told everybody and myself, you told me, and then you told the world you weren't going to watch it. And then what did you do? I did Literally not say the I would next not day. Watch it. I did what? not say that I would not watch it. You, you, listener, please chime in and tell us what you heard. Our single listener, the no prize will go to Dan because never did I say I would never watch it. I do believe you said I, I'm not going to. Well, clearly you misunderstood me. I, however, I must have. I am remiss then, sir. However, we're right back here in Wonder Woman on page 22, for those of you following along. And uh, they have to go guard this island. And so Poseidon is awesome and just like uh, parts the water so they can walk to this island. He's like. It's cool. And it is pretty cool. <laughs> I, it's also the introduction of Paradise Island becoming Themyscira. Yes. And so we get a new name for it. And apparently, if I'm reading these other articles correctly, Themyscira has a link to Amazonian lore, whereas Paradise Island was just a made-up name for an island that Steve Trevor fell onto. Yes. Okay. But Paradise Island was the name in the Wonder Woman 1970s television show with Linda Carter. Mm -hmm. So... That was my exposure to Wonder Woman as a child, by the way. Same. That and the Super Friends cartoons. Yes. And some Justice League issues. True. Um, but yeah, I think, too, I mean, if we're thinking back to when was the superpowers? Was that right around this time? Uh, 485? The Jack maybe? Kirby inspired television show with Darkseid and. I'm thinking so. Where the horribly voiced Wonder Woman, where Darkseid kept trying to make Wonder Woman his bride. Oh. That was happening in those cartoons. And I think I, we were just thinking of things that would turn me off to not want to buy a Wonder Woman comic book. Like there's something to turn me off from not wanting to buy a Wonder Woman comic book. And that would be it. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Those storylines were just awful. Like I watched all those cartoons where they introduced Firestorm and Cyborg. And mm -hmm. I mean, that got me as a kid looking to those other characters in the comics. Right. That's probably what got me to pick up like a Teen Titans book. Right. Yeah. Um, but it did not get me excited about Wonder Woman. It, it is interesting. I think like the 
again, I bring it back to, you know, what your um, what your what is put into your hands at that age and what people believe will be what you should be reading sometimes, you know, yeah. is one thing. But also, too, there are those things that definitely do make those decisions for you. And if that if the cartoon did it because of whatever, you know, the the, the storyline and your your cognizant of that of whatever that is and how sketch that is at that age you're like yeah, i'm not into it that's not my that's not my thing you know well i mean comic books were 75 cents at the time i got two dollars a week mm-hmm. doing chores at home um and until i started working summers for my dad i wouldn't accumulate any sort of like money um mm-hmm. and so you know limited funds and i remember uh that first time I grabbed more than a Legion book. Oh, is that a Barnes and Nobles by the Safeway on the Hill? The old Mm. Safeway before it moved? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I went in there and grabbed, I think it was a Barnes and Nobles, but I went in there and I grabbed, so I'd been grabbing the Legion book. Uh, If you all want to know where we grew up from the 7-Eleven on 152nd (laughs) and Meridian uh, for, I would ride my bike there to get it sometimes. Sometimes my dad would take me there. I'd get it off the spinner rack. That's and such I was a getting dangerous bike ride when you think about it now. Oh, it's a horribly <laughs> dangerous bike ride. <laughs> like, um, why? Why did our parents let us ride our bikes to that Seven Eleven to begin with? It was like miles away, and you had to go on a highway to get there. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Well, there was less traffic back then too than there is now, but yeah, I mean, I'd go to that spinner rack, um, and I was reading the Tales of the Legion. So I started with uh, Tales of the Legion. Uh, trying to remember the issue number, but there was, I got the last one, two, three, four books. So that would have been the 84, 85 ish. So I was 11 Mm -hmm. and 11 years old. And, um, and then they started reprints, right? So the Baxter series had started for both Titans and, and Legion. And I remember I got into a Barnes and Noble once and picked up like a later issue of reprints there of Titans and the three books I grabbed. So here's the, here's, where the influences are. I grabbed an issue of Legion, of course, because I was buying that. Grabbed an issue of, of New Teen Tales of the New Teen Titans, and I grabbed an issue of the West Coast Avengers. Ooh. Yeah, West having Coast no Avengers. idea of the greatness I was grabbing into there. Yeah, that's and like that West Coast Avengers, like so much good stuff in that. <laughs> but you'll notice they were all team books. Yeah, team um, books. And uh I had no idea what was going on in the West Coast Avengers. I, I mean, no idea. But I read it and I was like, well, this is fascinating. And I want to find out more about Hawkeye and mm-hmm. Mockingbird and, you know, like, uh, who is this Wonder Man guy? <laughs> I, I didn't know any of that. And of course, Teen Titans I grabbed because of Cyborg, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I'm like, you know, who's this Nightwing person? Oh, that's Robin. Okay. And so, and Starfire and Wonder Girl and all that. And then of course, uh, grabbing, uh, the Legion books were team books where I got a lot of different characters. You got introduced to different characters and spotlights Mm -hmm. And here too. I'm just not sure. I don't know. This might've hooked me as a kid, but it is a lot on one character. But I think the cool thing about Perez here at page 23 is that there's so much development here. I almost think if you read issue one, you can totally get into like the background of this character. Yeah. And we're at page 23 of 35, I think. And we haven't mm-hmm. seen anything close to a Wonder Woman show up. No. 
you're, I mean, you're just getting all of the backstory of the, the mythos of the Amazons and who they are, where they came from, all that stuff. And it's just, it's, it's all build up. And I mean, I'm, I, I will say it again. Uh, it's good storytelling like that. It, it will, it draws me in now. And, uh, and, and I thoroughly enjoy that in, in any form of media. And that's why I like certain movies and maybe I might be, might be persuaded if, uh, if, if the, uh, Snyder cut is good storytelling. (laughs) Um, it's a story. (laughs) It's long story. It's a story. Well, I mean, I let's get into Snyder cut and the wonder woman 84 movie toward the end. I guess I, right. I, let's wrap with that. But I do want to say like, I think almost the wonder woman 84 storyline and the original wonder woman. So both of the Patty, um, Patty Jenkins movies. Thank you. Yeah. Both of the Patty Jenkins movies really inspired by a lot of the Perez stuff. And she acknowledges that too. Oh, right. Yeah. So the, like I the mean, building of the, the rebuilding of Themyscira here. Mm-hmm. Um, the visuals of what Themyscira looks like. Yep. I mean, there's um, a giant a title card for him on the movies. So yeah, as there should be, cause it's George Perez. Yeah. But yeah, so, I, I definitely love these, this, these building panels. It's like, boom, yeah. boom, boom. You get seven, eight panels of great building. One nice big panel at the bottom of this page of like what everything looks like. It's, and it's the acknowledgement so cool. in a tiny panel in the corner that there's still danger below. Mm-hmm. Danger below. And they're guarding it. I like how they've gone to sort of Greek garb to Roman guard to garb, right? Mm-hmm. In their, their uniforms too over time. So times have changed, man. <laughs> yeah. It times have changed, but it, it doesn't look like there's a big progression of time. So they talk about the burden that they have, and now we get to the next page. And um, they note that outside beyond the seas of the world of man changes, great civilizations rise and fall, but the Amazons know nothing of this. They hear only the voice of the old gods grow more distant as if Olympus itself were being swallowed by in the clouds. And presumably this is the influence that Ares mentions, right? Um, Mm -hmm. The idea of the Ares would corrupt the hearts of men and, and become more powerful that war and corruption and, evil and patriarchy would become worshipped more than, than the gods that they don't say the word patriarchy in the book. No, but it's definitely, it, it's definitely noted as a reader. (laughs) And of course, no one has ever talked about patriarchy in comics until the comics gate people woke up and talked about it in the 2000 teens. I know what, (laughs) what this book isn't all about that. We didn't talk about it in, I mean, we're talking about a, Perez book, but we did talk about it kind of in Perez. <laughs> yeah, but you know, hey, anyway, so we get uh, 30th Centennial, so that's 3,000 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, of the Amazons, the Queen's repre- request, uh, uh, Melalip, is it Lippy? Yeah, Menel, Mel, Menel, this is the Oracle. I'm just going to call her the Oracle, the Oracle so I don't mess up her name. Um, and they mentioned designs point to anything. And basically she finds out the Oracle discloses that 
uh, Hippolyte was pregnant when she was murdered. And so she's been yearning for a child. And she's commanded by the Oracle to go out based on what the gods have told her um, to form a child out of clay. And as she forms that child out of clay, she reaches her arms out to fair Artemis and to the midwives. And then that last soul that was on the first page, right. That they mentioned that was <laughs> waiting, um, or the not for, first page, but was it about six page ish way six, back to the beginning yeah. of the story, uh, comes back and inhabits is given by the midwives themselves from Demeter, Aphrodite, Athena, Artemis, Hestia, and Hermes. Uh, and she's given life uh, to the daughter in clay and is named Diana. And now we're getting back into the Wonder Woman story here. So uh, page 25 of a 35 page book, we finally get introduced to the person who would eventually become Wonder Woman. Spoilers. <gasps> what? Oh, Dan. Well, and I don't feel bad about this because this is an origin story then that is has been told and retold many times. Um, it was in the cartoons in the 70s. It was in the Wonder Woman books. Um, but now in the TV uh, show, in the TV show. So we're commanded to have a contest. Mm -hmm. And uh, Diana is forbidden from the contest uh, by her mom. And actually, I think I skipped a page, though. Um, no. So, no, yeah, I'm good. So uh, she first is excelling. Uh, first, Diana is excelling in all these things. And then, yeah, correct. Um, the Oracle comes back and they have to have a contest uh, to send somebody out into the world. And Diana goes to her mom's like, I'm the most powerful one. I should be in the contest. Mom's like, I'm having none of that. I just got you. You're right here. You're staying on Themyscira. You're not you're not going anywhere. I'm your mom. But mom, why can't I do it? I'm your mom. I'm not going to let you do this. Is that about how that went down? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. And so pretty traditional storytelling. But then we have the contest um, in several of the tra traditional stories. Uh, she wore a mask or something like that. But in this case, she just wears the uh, Amazonian garb with the helmet. Uh, so her face is obscured. Uh, they run through the contest. And clearly one Amazonian is outdoing all of the other ones. And of course, we find out on page 29 that that is indeed Diana. And she's given the golden bracelets. And of course, the bracelets come back. I kind of sh shadowed over this, but the gods told them they had to wear the bracelets um, because of their bondage, right? So that's mm -hmm. where the tie to Marston comes into mm -hmm. in the original idea of bondage. So we're keeping a lot of the original pieces there. And they wear the bracelets to remind them of what happened when they strayed from their mission, right? That's what the gods commanded them to do. Yeah. Um, and so you've got a lot of reactions from Amazonians here. Uh, great Hera, it cannot be, and oh, it's no. Diana. And now we get sort of the first look of Diana too. She's looking ashamed, but she's also looking more like the Diana, right? That you see as Wonder Woman, mm -hmm. um, the way present, more adult looking, right? She's ashamed, but she looks like an adult, if that makes sense. Yeah. And uh, she starts to forbid this, and she's told by the Oracle, you know, the princess won her place. Rightfully, you cannot fight the will of the gods. And so now it's time to test her. And I thought this, I honestly thought this was a really cool scene. Uh, so we come in, and without hearing the words Steve Trevor, right, mm -hmm. at all, because that gives us an opportunity to tell that story later. 
or to tell yeah. a story about how we get the gun. And I love this type of storytelling because what we find out is there's a gun there. There's a gun. They don't call it a gun. Uh, they call it a, what is it called? Um, Great power uh, of all Amazon, of all Amazons have seen it. Only uh, those before you still live. The flashing thunder is a secret and terrible part of our past. Um, so they allude to it being part of their past, right? So clearly mm-hmm. they've acquired it somewhere. It killed somebody. And I like this too, because Patty Jenkins, even though I wasn't a big fan of starting the first one in World War One, I, I probably thought it should have started in World War II. Um, I love how she can pull straight from the source material here. Mm-hmm. And tell the story of how the gun showed up the first time. Yeah. Because you can just take this single line and you can stay true to the comic book thread. And I, of course, didn't know that uh, when I was watching the movie. So good on her for citing Perez, <laughs> but also just using this piece. Right. Right. And we've talked about that before. Finding pieces or threads, even a single line here. Right. Yeah. Um, that sometimes. you can use to build a whole story on. Yeah. Sometimes it's amazing what what can be pulled from something like this and, and build the rest of something else. And it's, and, and still tie it all back together and stay true. And yeah, it's a beautiful thing. I really love this. So, and then I really love the next scene because she holds up her, her bracelets and just want to make sure. Yeah. Silver bracelets. So they did call them bracelets and she tells Philippus she's ready, and Philippus fires the gun, and she blocks. And there goes my phone, and she blocks everything. First is my cat, then it's your phone. Your phone. Well, my that's why we you. are professional podcasters, and we will not be editing any of that out. So it's a gift now, from us to you. It's a gift from us to you. You got uh, just enough Green Day to get us fined. So. <laughs> Now we're here and she deflects all the bullets. I love this. I loved this as a kid. Um, when I watched Wonder Woman on TV as a child. Yeah. Um, I loved when she would block bullets with. The, oh, that's so with, cool. She just hold up the things. Yeah. And it just reminded me of that. And I just love George Perez for doing that for me. Yeah, it, it and the the facial expressions that she has because it's yep. like, I mean, she's testing her will and her strength and her ability to do this, and it's the that that shock and awe that oh my gosh, I'm doing this, I'm doing the thing, I'm, I I can do this, and she's going through all those emotions in these four panels, and I love how it's a top and bottom of each panel, it's the gun firing, firing, and, and firing, and yep. then not firing, and, and just her expressions and. And her actions, it's it marries so nicely. And it also expresses that underlying uh, thread from Aries, right? How, you know, these things are going on in the outside. Aries has continued to corrupt the outside world. And men have contributed, continued to create weapons of destruction where the Amazons have relied on their traditional um, strength, power, love. And then these other pieces, right? Like one Amazon has the power to to stop this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there is only a need for one. Mm-hmm. I think that's so cool, right? Like you have this, so one civilization, they need one ambassador basically, right? To go out. And of course, way later in the Wonder Woman mythos, she actually becomes the ambassador from Themyscira, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
not to spoil comic books that were written 15 years ago, but sorry, people. Yeah. But in this case, we're looking at a book that was written uh, a lot of years ago, many years ago. So I don't want to say, cause it makes me feel <laughs> old, but yeah. So anyway, um, we get into this and 30 something years ago, <laughs> um, we get, I think an important thread here too. Um, mother hugs her and she said, this is no time for tales of horror. My daughter, you are alive. That's all that matters. But mother, I hush know that the gods are with you as am I now. And then the, the Oracle now is the plan of the goddess clear Diana. You were born into the world to be the most honored among all Amazons. Henceforth, your warrior's garb shall proclaim your honor. Look now upon the standard for which we shall weave that garb, the standard of the warrior for whom you were named. She who died nobly that the Amazon race might live. And we don't know who that is. Thus giving us another thread for a reboot, retro boot and Mm -hmm. storytelling down the road. Yep. More story. I really like that. And that's how you could have maybe a story of Hippolyta being the first queen or something like that, or mm-hmm. being the original. And so maybe not even being the queen at all. Right. So now the Amazons here, the queen, our champion's been chosen and we get the amazing George Perez pose of super powerful, ripped wonder woman ready to go out and take on the world. Yep. I don't think she's been named Wonder Woman yet either. She's no. been called the champion, right? Yeah. And she looks to the heavens and there we go. And that is the end of issue one. Um, DC Comics is nice enough to give me a checklist of Wonder Woman appearances. Thank you so <laughs> much. But uh, we will be reading straight uh, through. Straight through. And so we're going to be looking at... Uh, Wonder Woman Volume 2, and it looks like it says the God's Immortal storyline is issue 1 through 7, and the Challenge of the Gods is 8 through 14, so we may just read through those first two story arcs, but we're definitely going to read through the first story arc. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I am, too. My hands. Hmm? I am too. I mean, this book is beautiful, and I'm like, how did I never get around to reading this? Again, I think it's just like something turns you off from it as, you know, when you were a kid and you just never. And even when you did pick up Wonder Woman stuff later, you never went back to it, you know, and now we have an opportunity to do so. And with good reason. (laughs) Yeah, well, and I just kind of thinking, too, um, you're looking at just a very different. Uh, kind of character than I would have read as a kid, right? Oh, for sure. And I think I wasn't into Greek and Roman gods. I wasn't really into the mythology. Um, Unless you're saying Ronald Reagan is mythos, which (laughs) I certainly was into that. And so you're just kind of looking at this and yeah, looking at at what I was reading. It's just a very different uh, piece here than I would have explored and you as well, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, at the time I was reading like GI Joe books and Batman and Superman and stuff like that. So, I mean, it was definitely, uh, a different, um, 
just a different a, a different bag of books. <laughs> yeah, and I think that accounts for too. I guess too, and to think about the team books, I did grab several GI Joe books off the the spinner rack too. So I do have. Looking back, I have the Legion books and I have the several run of GI Joe books in the Serpentor era. <laughs> the Ser- Serpentor era. And yeah, I was grabbing those every week too. So yeah, just a different, um, but very different or not every week, but every month. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, those were the kind of things. Of course, GI Joe cartoon was was the big thing mm-hmm. on and in syndication, especially coming on every day, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, so and Wonder Woman, like I said, I was kind of turned off by the cartoon and, and so much of our links to different media, too, were from those Saturday morning cartoons or from the the cartoons in the afternoon. I mean, it's how I got into superheroes to begin with was the very cheesy uh, Super Friends cartoons. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I watch those over and over again. Like you said, it, it, like our, our, our social strata or our, like what we, what was, what was pushed on us as kids versus what you have the ability to get your hands on now is totally different. So, I mean, now it's like, oh, Hey, cool. I want to just jump on the DC app and, and read some books. Cool. It's right there. But back then it was what's it, what's on the spinner rack or what am I watching on TV that I can go find this comic book of. When I think too, I mean, there's part of it too. I look at like, you know, things you didn't necessarily know as a kid, but the the characters were written so poorly, right? In those mm-hmm. uh, Super Friends stories, and and I love going back and watching them. I loved the challenge of the Super Friends, right? I could watch those over and over again. Yeah. Uh, but I loved those ones because, like, the ones that just focus on Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Superman, and Batman. Since the characters weren't written very well, I loved it when they would introduce the other characters, right? Who's this Flash guy? Who's this Green Lantern guy? Who's who is the Apache chief, right? Like who are the the most racist superhero in all of cartoons, by the way? But, uh, you know, who's the Apache chief, right? Like who's, uh, you know, the samurai, right? The Black Lightning or not Black Mm -hmm. Lightning. Sorry, they changed his name. Black Vulcan. Like, who are these folks? Right. And and I wanted to know more about them. Uh, mm-hmm. because I, you didn't get snippets of it, but you were kind of overdone with the other characters. And so I think that's also what would lead me to grab a team book or something that wasn't just like one character. Like you got so many different characters in one book where you could learn about them. Whereas if you got a Wonder Woman book, presumably you got Wonder Woman. And I then wasn't mature enough at the time when this was put out, right? Because mm-hmm. I definitely read Crisis long after it came out, right? Yeah. Like I did not read Crisis when it was released. Um, Mm -hmm. off the newsstand. I didn't even know what was going on. I was a little bit behind the Legion books and then finally caught up. And it took me a couple of years to catch up because I bought my Legion books off the spinner rack. And if you aren't aware, Legion was a year behind. So they were doing reprints um, because they had a direct to sale book. And then they had the newsstand book, which was a year behind. Mm -hmm. So they put out one year of news stories and then they were a year behind. So the goal was, well, if you can't go to a comics retailer, then you can just buy the book when you're behind. Well, this is a total disaster from a marketing standpoint, uh, <laughs> but they did it with Legion and the Titans for several issues and Batman and the Outsiders as well. Yeah. Um, so you had this and I was so I was a year behind. So I would see advertising in the books, but the Legion stories weren't like up to crisis, for example. Right. Mm-hmm. So. When Crisis came out, by the time I got to the Crisis crossover stories, they were actually a year behind. And one crazy thing, too, is Legion actually ran a 
issue and i actually need to go get this in mint condition because i don't have it i don't think but they ran a reprint of wildfire's origin instead of the crisis crossover story because they thought it would confuse everybody when they got to that issue in the run oh really so i really had no idea what was going on so like wonder woman dying all of that i knew supergirl died yeah but i read it a year post so they kept the issue where supergirl died um in relation to the legion uh, which is one of the saddest stories I've ever read because it's like Brainiac 5 looking back a thousand years in history at Supergirl dying and not being able to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And then, so I have that story, but then you're missing other stories. And I, that may have been the one they reprinted. I can't remember, but I know there was one issue in there where they just didn't cover it. Um, and so they skipped it. And so you really didn't know what was going on. So you see the ads, like the house ads in the book, but the house yeah. ads weren't matching up to reality, right? Yeah. So. I loved Legion, so I kept picking up these books, but I had no idea what was going on in the DC continuity. So if I'm picking up a Tales of the Teen Titans or Tales of Legion of Superheroes, I had no idea. So that was a disservice too. So there's another reason, right? Like I may not have even understood why there was a new Wonder Woman. Like I might Mm -hmm. get a house ad, hey, here's Wonder Woman. And I'm like, okay, great. There's Wonder Woman. But I didn't have the storytelling to tell me why, right? Of her dying in crisis and the elimination of the Earth 2 Wonder Woman. Right. And, you know, bringing all the universes together. You're just like, uh, I've already, I've already seen all this. I don't, don't need, I, I, I know Wonder Woman. Why do I need, why do I need more Wonder Woman? <laughs> right. Like, what's the point? Okay, great. There's Wonder Woman standing on a hill with, uh, you know, but, and when you're a kid and you're reading two books, right. Or two or three books in this might case, I think you're right. I think I was Legion and GI Joe at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just not grabbing and then occasionally, right. Grab another Titans book or grab uh, a couple West coast adventures issues. Right. Yeah. But I didn't know what was going on at all. Yeah. So it's fun to read it now with the context and knowing what's happened. And just again, have read crisis several times now, but just never, you know, gone back and picked up uh, these books. It's it, yeah. Like you said, interesting to read things now, knowing the context or even be able to put things into a different context. Um, and understand things. I think when we were, when, when these books were coming out at the age that we were, uh, I don't think we would have understood a whole lot of what was going on in them. They oh, would have been, I definitely would have, would it would have been have. interesting. I, I, well, I mean, you're, you're, you're a few years older, but I, I think I would have been like, I, why what's going, I mean, you know, it just would have been, I would have been a little lost in the sauce, but well, I would have been turned off. Um, I would have been turned off by the Pantheon. Uh, <laughs> if I would have brought one of those to church, I'm sure I would have been told it was of evil because there was more than one God. Mm-hmm. It's one of the reasons I never studied the Pantheon as a kid. Um, so, you know, like, yeah, it just it just wouldn't have been something that I would have picked up. And so there you go. And uh, or and if I had, I probably would have loved it. I mean, I'm, I'm loving reading it now. Yeah, but I and I will, too. I think in the research approach, we were discussing that a little bit. I'm in my research for this. I'm I'll read a little bit each week, but I'm doing a research on George Perez and I'm going to do research on the approach of the book. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I am intentionally staying out of Greek gods because I want to read this and learn like I was a little kid. Like, uh, how well did George Perez introduce these concepts to me? And at least so far, it seems uh, pretty straightforward. 
that's a fair, that's a fair way to do it. And it's a, it's a good way to, to, you know, get the idea, see if it, it transfers, translates across. And, um, if the ideas that he's putting onto these pages get you interested enough to want to go find out more. And if he does, if, if it, if it works, then now you are going to dig into those Greek gods, that mythology and find out more. Or hopefully people will tell us more. Absolutely. And I think we're going to get introduced to a another Wonder Woman character that's well known in the next issue. So we're going to have another reboot of a character post crisis on Infinite Earths. Super cool. And uh, we get a face off at 30,000 feet. And I see a helmet that says Trevor. <gasps> No. So we're going to find out what's going on in issue two next time on Funny Book Forensics. But for now, we have to stop because the dogs are home. And the Ann is home, I presume, because the dogs are home. I'm not sure exactly what's going on or we're getting a delivery. Well, the dogs have gone crazy. So this is a perfect end to Funny Book Forensics. So I'm Dan. I'm Greg. And we're out of here until next time when we cover Wonder Woman issue two. Number two.